0: I wonder how much of Japan's population is autistic.
1: I did read a study that um, it was sent to me by someone. I thought it was really interesting just talking about like neurotypical behaviors of like different cultures and stuff. And supposedly, supposedly um, Asian women have a propensity towards a higher tolerance of autistic men.
0: So that explains where I came from.
1: That's good news for all you schizo-fucking-autists who want your beautiful Asian waifu. She'll probably put up with you. (laughs) Lucky you. You're listening to the Art & War Podcast with your hosts, Mitch and Nathan. Mitch is a former Airborne Infantry Squad leader who now spends most of his time coaching soccer. Nathan is a professional illustrator and an avid shooter with a couple of years of Canadian military experience. Together, they run the Seaburn Art page. Enjoy the show your soundboards are out of control like I was saying like when I was in uh you know years ago I used to go on like e-bombs world and albino black sheep and we used to have a soundboard for I was from Napoleon Dynamite and I would like prank call people and use you know Tina you fucking lard or whatever Tina you lard it <laughs> some ma'am people are like why are you saying this like oh man I used to love doing prank calls I was such a an honest like that was like my like the most mischievous thing you're a menace
0: to society oh Oh, i had
1: (laughs) my brother would like go out and like tp houses and like you know went through his phase of like boy youth vandalism and then like i would fucking be prank calling people thinking i was just the funniest person on the
0: planet a more harmless style of vandalism i think no we, we, we did the same way uh isaac from the podcast when we were really young with our two other friends We'd go and we'd call the operator, like just hit, like take a payphone and you hit zero. You call the operator and just say stupid shit. Um, (laughs) And once uh, we we hit zero, like we we were downtown, I I guess we were a bunch of fucking kids with nothing better to do. We went downtown, we found a payphone. This even just saying like, we found a payphone really dates this. Um,
1: Payphones still exist though. Like they're on the sides of highways and shit.
0: They do. So this is when they were kind of everywhere and not like weird to fair laugh. Enough. No, no, fair enough. That's it. definitely changed. Yeah. Um, and we, we sung this song and it was just like a ground song or something. It was called Magical Trevor um, from an animation. <laughs> yeah, no. I, um, may, I mean, look it up or not. It's just like really innocuous child, like children's cartoon. And then we hung it up and we, we just like walked away giggling, thinking we were the funniest people in the world. And the fucking payphone started ringing. So, you know, the four of us walk back to it, and uh, we're, we're like, what, "What do we do? What do we do?" Because, you know, in in our mind, like the police are are already on their way for this really <laughs> harmless prank. <laughs> and, and one of us just picks it up, and you know, all of us are silent, trying to listen to to the the payphone, and we just hear the operator go, "Sing it again," <laughs> and, and
1: just fucking. <laughs>
0: Just slammed it down and we all ran away.
1: Seeing <laughs> it again. Dance for me, monkey. Dance. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of the Jerky Boys. Are you yep. familiar with them at all?
0: Uh, No, who are they?
1: They were like the famous prank callers of like the late 80s and early 90s. And we had a record, the Jerky Boys record in the house. And I had them on uh, like just cassette tape. And they were my dads and I, you know, I think my uncles and stuff had like maybe left some over there, but the jerky boys were fucking classic. These guys like probably set the groundwork for like what made prank calls like actually a problem because they would put ads in the paper for things to be like, Oh yeah, I'm selling this thing. And then someone would call and then they would just completely fuck with them. Like they had this, (laughs) like, they had like this character like Frank Rizzo and Mm -hmm. like, Frank Rizzo like called the piano people because he had a dog stuck in his piano. And he'd be like, yeah, I got, you guys got to send somebody out. You got this dog. It's stuck in my fucking piano. It's just fucking, it's biting at me. I can't do shit about it. Yeah. This is Frank Rizzo. And they would just be like, I don't know how we can help you, sir. Like he's like, ah, it's just a fucking pit bull. It's in there. It's going to get me. And you're just like, or one time they like call someone and he like, talks to a balloon place about getting his son lifted up by balloons so they can beat him around like a pinata on his eighth birthday or something he's like yeah how much uh how much uh do you do you think that would take how many balloons like how much uh he weighs like i don't know like, maybe like 67 pounds something like that we could just you know beat him around with a stick like a pinata for a bit we just want to do that His birthday it'd be good for him <laughs> i know they were amazing and they had uh, yeah if you ever get the chance
0: uh, i'm sure coffee.
1: there's someone listening who's like oh fuck i remember the jerky boys and they're going to yeah. go back and look their videos up because they're fucking classic.
0: I'm going to actually probably go down and fucking hole tonight. Anyways, uh, this is episode three of Paige-Ostie. She's back. Hello. It's just Ooh. the COVID this time because, I don't know, it just ended up being that way. But zero effort into planning this and now we're here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's crazy to think, like, I was looking at the other day and I was like, holy shit, I was episode six.
0: Yeah. Like, no, you've been around since the fucking beginning, dude the infancy like, like there's a yeah. little
1: bit of pride like, in that like i feel like i've watched like a like a sibling grow and i'm like yay i'm so happy for you
0: <laughs> just like your your autistic sibling just,
1: just yay look at them go guys look at him go you know? <laughs> like his,
0: his face is covered in cake and he's wearing no pants but you know you love him anyways
1: no, it's pretty amazing just to see like how far you know you guys have come with everything and just like uh, thank you growing to what you have it's amazing it's like this community I mean you and I naturally bonded through artwork and stuff as well mm. um but it's really cool just to see on that level I feel like you know I don't know what level of like real participation and growth I've had on, on that level but it's neat to see I feel like there's more artists coming into this community it just yeah. maybe I'm just like yeah. more attentive towards it but no,
0: I've noticed some, and it's good. It's really good. Well, the community is growing at a pretty quick rate, and I like—I like that. I genuinely do.
1: What is like that causation correlation? Like tyranny increases, yes. so does gun community. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh god, no. The, the people I never thought would be getting into it are kind of getting into it, and I think you know, for every person that I see get a sorry, for, you know, you and again, you feel a burp coming on, you make a stupid face, and then nothing comes out. Or like a sneeze. That that's what I just had there. It's um, okay. Bless you. Thank you. Um, I I see a lot of people like coming towards the gun world, I, and I, I think you know the state of the world and all the misinformation on both sides about it. Uh, well, one side kind of attracts people towards it. Um, for, and for everyone that I, I teach, you know, like one out of ten people really sticks with it, and you know, a few years later, they they've got the nods, they've got you know, good fancy gear. Um, Everyone else, you know, gets involved to some level that they're comfortable with or other, but it is growing and it's growing very fast. And I like that.
1: Well, it's like for people who don't, some people I think know who follow me that I live in the uh, Seattle area and like near in Washington. And there's a lot of like, oh my God, fucking Seattle. And it's, you know, I don't know. I stand by that. Like not everything is what it is on the news. Like if you're not there and you're not in it, like, yeah, there's tweakers and shit. I don't know. I have been uh, to a lot of other places around the U.S. and I'm not surprised to see that. I think there's just uh, too many people. And uh, that's really the problem. <laughs> there's, yeah. Every time you're in a city, there's too many people and there's not enough of anything to really support that, especially yeah. too many people who don't work or are just like drug induced burdens on a system. Yeah. Um, but that being said, living in a more like liberal place, I've really tried hard to take it upon myself to, take a lot of people shooting for the first time. Yeah. So, I think that's
0: the best thing you can do. And, you know, anyone who's listening to that, do that, do that. Sorry, can you?
1: Yeah, I actually think it was Mike uh, from Sons of Liberty that had said on one of your podcasts a while ago, something that really stuck with me. And that was that in order to truly be an be an advocate, you have to depoliticize the issue that you represent. Yeah. And I'm in a place where I truly believe like guns are for fucking everyone. Like yeah. all gun laws are fucking infringements. I don't care who the fuck you are. You're not going to fucking stop it. Like you may as well educate people, period. Like yeah. that's just one of those things. Like I feel the same about sex and about drugs. Like they are inevitabilities. Violence, sex, and drugs are inevitabilities of human. Mm-hmm. And it's like the best thing you can do, I think, is educate people in all of those factions so they can just make informed decisions, period. And I agree. I think a lot of people, when they try to take people shooting for the first time, immediately delve into the nitty gritty of the politics. And while some things are just kind of de facto political, like guns, or perhaps like, you know, working at a clinic, right? If someone works at Planned Parenthood, they could effectively be uh, a conservative, say, but that would still be something where they'd be in like a de facto political position because of the nature of their work, right? Like a lot of people um, associate guns and that concept of like freedom with conservatives but it's really not just limited to that so when i take people shooting for the first time i actually i have my own like dojo and studio here uh yeah. that um, oh
0: congrats on that by the way I, I was, <laughs> oh thank you yeah there for kind of the infancy of it and it came together super fast and it, it's amazing
1: it was pretty awesome my dad actually came up for a weekend and helped me build it out which was pretty incredible i like made all the plans i grew up doing contracting and stuff so it was uh Really helpful having that knowledge as a, you know, as a foundation, and then I was able to, three D map it out uh, on a program and just uh, get all the supplies on site, and then we were able to like build it out literally in two days, which was pretty dope. That's amazing. Um, but I'll take people to the space. And my favorite way, uh, if any of you guys have someone you want to introduce to guns and you don't really know how, like, you have to remember that if you're familiar with them, it's like swimming. Like, it's something where you're like, oh, I know how to do this thing and I know how to make it safe. But to anyone else who's swimming for the first time, uh, it's scary and you could literally die if you don't know how to do it. Yeah. And, Guns are very much that way for people who have been inoculated, not inoculated, indoctrinated into a system where it's made to be a scary thing of like murder and power and death. And when someone's holding a gun for the first time that never has, like there's this real fear that they're like, oh my God, what if it like backfires? What if it just explodes in my hand? And there's so much ignorance around it. I mean, anyone <laughs> what was it fucking... Who is that politician who is saying like 556 five, vaporizes people basically like
0: oh, fucking oh. Joe Biden <laughs> and no, there it was it was just yeah.
1: the there, there's people. another one
0: there's been a few it's like oh the, there were literally no bodies left because it vaporized them it's like
1: Yeah. Don't you just hate it when shuffles deck of cards, uh, my bullets vaporize people? Yeah, no, it doesn't happen that way. But to the layman who doesn't know any better or the person who's not been exposed to it, that's definitely an intimidating thing. So my personal process, and everyone has their own means of doing this, but I feel like I've had pretty good success with this. I bring people into a space where it's just a few people, doesn't have to be very many. And I bring all the guns that I have, handgun-wise, a couple of rifles to show the differences, and there is no ammo fucking anywhere. We just hang out inside. Here are guns. They are safe. I let them know, like, look, if there's nothing else you learn today, even if you're terrified of weapons, it's that you leave today knowing how to make a gun safe. You know how to make it inert. So not everyone should have the responsibility or – Everyone should have the right to refuse the responsibility of violence because violence is a responsibility, right? Like I have a concealed weapons permit because I know that if I am in a situation, I feel comfortable and competent to be able to act in a way for necessity, right? That like if I needed to protect someone I love or needed to protect someone in a situation or myself, I can do that. I have that ability. Um, But not everybody can or needs to have that like that is a huge responsibility to dump on somebody some people would rather die than take a life and i do think that that's acceptable you know i I absolutely agree
0: and uh, honestly like gun as you said guns are a responsibility but guns are for everyone i I do think that you know everyone has the right to it but i would rather someone if you are carrying be comfortable with carrying not someone who um and i'm again you know i'm not ever going to advocate for licensing or anything like that or you know having to need a concealed permit to do something that you have a right to but if you don't feel comfortable in using it effectively i feel like you may be more of a liability
1: absolutely i think that can be totally true and that's why You know, circling back to when I take people in for the first time, I'm like, here are guns. There is no ammo because the first person, when they pick up a fucking gun, the first thing they do is wave it around with their finger on the trigger. You wouldn't think that they were afraid of a gun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. I, I don't know if I ever got into this on this, uh, this podcast, but a while ago I had a client that I was doing some graphic design work for. And, um, you know, I, I did some work and he was one of those types that I actually had to like drive out there with a USB stick with the work on it. And he he lived in the middle of nowhere, and to get a handgun in Canada, you know, when you could, you can't anymore. Apparently, um, you you have to complete several days of training and licensing and all that, and it's all bullshit. So I uh, I go in, I uh, give him his stuff, and you know, the conversation eventually turns to guns, and he finds I'm a gun guy. So so he goes like, hey, wait a sec, and he disappears for a minute, comes back, and he's he's wearing like an Amazon tactical vest with a GoPro attached to it. And he's just holding like a Smith and Wesson M&P. And he's like, check this out. He's, he's holding it, pointing it at me, finger on the trigger.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. It's like it, <laughs> his body language and the way he was talking, like it wasn't a threat. It was simply ignorance. So like he walks up to me to hand it to me, like pointing at me with my finger on the trigger. So I do the first thing that, that you're supposed to do. Like I, I take it, I take the mag out. I, I, you know, give it a rack. I look in the chamber and he goes, oh, you don't have to do that. It's unloaded. I never store it loaded. And like, holy shit, bud, bud.
1: (laughs) There's so much to unpack there. Yeah.
0: And he he had to, and again, not for licensing. We've seen how licensing gets weaponized as it has been. But he had to do his course. He had to sit through several days of stupid mandated training telling you to not do exactly that.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. People will sometimes laugh at those people. And it's like, I get that. You're like, wow, that's fucking crazy and laughable. But I feel like I equate that a lot to when I was in high school, I was 15 years old explaining to other girls that you can still get STDs if you get fucked in the ass. And no, you can't get pregnant if you swallow cum. That's not how it works. But like that, even though they had phys ed and like, Sexual education or whatever, like that ignorance has to be fed from so many other places. You know, it's like, it's the, to me, it's kind of the same balance. You see it like, oh my God, that's crazy. And then you're like, these people are that fucking sheltered and they don't feel like they're allowed to practice it or they're allowed to talk about it. And it creates really fucked up stigma. And you have to be your own advocate. And that's what's, well, that's not true. You don't have to be your own advocate. You must be like, people don't have to be clearly but that's why whenever i teach people shooting for the first time i'm like hey let's hang out pick a day we'll talk about guns i want yeah. you to feel them to hold them pull the trigger this is what this looks like it's all just pure dry fire and familiarity yeah. with the gun it's so much better than being somewhere where you're shouting over people you know in, a, in an indoor range somewhere through yeah. like two sets of ear pro and then someone decides that they're going to have a fucking ar pistol next to you like two bays oh, over yeah. just like, blowing out your eardrums because it doesn't have a fucking suppressor on it Just yeah, you know? some
0: retard with like a draco or something
1: yeah you know it's like oh it's draco season well i'm trying to teach this person how to hold a glock but okay yeah so no I've
0: i doing- like that it's i i do something very similar so it's uh
1: I think it's effective. And then yep. it lets people answer questions and feel comfortable. And like, yep. I've done this one on one. I did this with a yep. whole family the other day, you know, taking the time to be like, hey, let's sit down and talk about this. And not everyone was into it, but those who yep. were, I was like, cool. You at least know how to make a gun safe. You yep. understand some silliness about gun laws. Like, I don't need to get political about it. It was just they asked questions and it was like, you know, popping off the upper on my fucking ar pistol and then popping off the upper on an ar rifle and showing like or just you know rifle length i'm like hey look if i swap these they become a felony does anybody know why and they're like <laughs> well what changes and i'm like aesthetic yeah i'm like this one has a brace and this one has a stock yeah. you know stock and quotations you know and they're like but what's the difference like does it change accuracy does it cha-? i'm like no oh. So it why does. is it illegal? And I'm like, because you don't know the difference. Yeah. And they're just like, oh. And it was like, that's probably my favorite way to like base people being like, yeah, so all gun laws are infringements. We'll continue on. And then we just start doing handling and whatever. But like that to me is the the silliest, simplest example. Like I didn't know when I was building my first gun and Jackson's like, yeah, that's a great build. Only that's an SBR. And I'm like, <laughs> but- I'm like, but I like it. What's wrong with that? And he's like, well, it has a brace on it. I'm like, yeah, so? And he's like, or, or has a stuck on it. I'm like, well, so? Like, I just like this one. I'm like, what's the difference? He's like, there isn't one. And yeah, I was like- <laughs> actually. So that was kind of mind-blowing for me. And I just kind of pass that little nugget along. And then whoever gets what they want from it, they take that and then we go to an indoor range somewhere. And we're like, hey, now that you've handled it, you feel good with it, you know how to rack the slide, drop a mag load a mag now we can do this face down range and the biggest thing is knowing that you keep your fucking finger off the goddamn trigger yeah (laughs) and not pointed at anybody
0: (laughs) honestly yeah no it, it that that is so 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 important and the amount of stupid bullshit i've seen in indoor american gun ranges holy fuck But that being said i've I've basically i have a soft boycott on all indoor ranges basically entirely like unless it's after hours it's with people i know or there's genuinely no alternative i will not go it's uh i i can't remember who the quote was but hell is other people and that applies triply when you're like surrounded by people with muzzle-braked ar pistols with like oh i can't imagine
1: being an ro like Mm. i knew i've known several people who've done that and they're just like i almost die every day
0: yeah actually
1: (laughs) You almost die every fucking day.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. The, the, there's a range here, and one of my buddies, uh, he he was the uh, he he was the manager of it, and he he was an RO. And one day, someone rented a pistol from him, and just immediately turns it around and blows his own brains out. And that sucks or that that's kind of like dark and that happened
1: here in washington there was a a local place that that happened at where someone went to go do a class and just killed themselves in the booth yeah i mean shit happens you're not going to be able to prevent people especially committing violence on themselves like no
0: 100 percent.
1: you know that's brutal but yeah i can't imagine being a fucking ro like i just
0: nope (laughs) so what what i usually do to to get people into it is uh I don't know how it is everywhere and you know everywhere's got their own laws about public land shooting or so and so but where i am there's a set amount of government operated ranges which is you know it's one of the few things that i actually like i don't like the fact you know tax dollars go anywhere but yeah the government operates um a few ranges because uh, public shooting is basically illegal here people do it anyways and who gives a fuck but And I know like public land shooting is basically a thing everywhere. It's just harder, harder to find places if, but what I'll do is I'll drive out to one of these places and there's no one else. Like it always empty. Um, I will take a few, uh, like target stands, just some two by fours. I nailed together into a basic H frame, drag it out to the end. And in the beginning, no matter what I will do, like half an hour of bullshit. Well, not bullshit. It's, it's really important safety. Just like going over the four rules. Um, and just making sure people are familiar and happy and safe. Safe being the most important thing. But the big thing too is, and I, I did my RSO qualifications ages and ages ago, and one thing I really didn't like about it is they treated guns like dangerous snakes. Um, and I, I feel like going overboard in safety culture, while you can never be too safe, treating the gun like it can go off at any second and kill you know everyone in the room also makes people afraid of it. So there's kind of, it has to be a healthy middle ground while also making sure that no accidents can occur. And I try and do that.
1: And I think that that's why it's like, ultimately that's where, that's part of why I think I introduced first, like having a sense of familiarity with the weapon before I I take them somewhere where we can quietly ask questions. Like people will have trigger flinch without there even being ammo. Yeah. And that's why having something like, I don't know if you've ever heard of like the Mantis X,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I, I got
1: one for Jax. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, like go look it up. It's a way for you to dry fire and live fire. It'll help you determine uh like trigger pull, like where your weapon yeah. is, like how steady it is. Basically on a metric of 0 to 100, it gives you yeah. a score based off of how accurately you're shooting your weapon and it links to an app on your phone and you can actually see like the path of the muzzle. Like it'll trace it. Yeah, it uses
0: that. a really sensitive accelerometer, I think. I, I, um, that, that's a good idea to use that for new shooters. I I have one. I, I, it's uh, just great
1: for dry fire in general. Like anyone who has one, like dry fire is free. And no matter what you're doing, I don't fucking care how many rounds you've put through guns. What doesn't change is like really how you breathe and and pull the trigger. Like, even if you're in a weird position, you could be prone up against a barrier, like whatever, like, but to be accurate. Especially with like handguns specifically, I feel like rifles are a little are kind of easy mode. Like if you have an optic that's zeroed, like you're just not gonna miss with your fucking rifle. Like yeah. you're just not. I was at a range the well, other what's day. What's
0: your a certain like very early level of competent shooter? I think I've uh, seen some people who are really not competent shooters with their rifles.
1: <laughs> I don't know. My guess, maybe I've just been really lucky. Then I just feel like you're if lucky. I've had an optic that yeah. was zeroed, it wasn't it it it, it it aims, uh, you aim, and then you shoot, and it's like if the dot is on the trigger or on the on the yeah. target, you're gonna fucking hit it. Like that's just, yeah. at least in my experience, a little different with handguns. Uh, I feel yeah, like uh, I use iron sights a lot on my Glock. The other day, fucking Mike uh, Grantham was shitting on me. I had my I pulled my Glock out. I have a 48, and he was like, "Why is there not?" An optic on that, and I was like, I don't know. Just I'm going
0: to shin you a little as well. Why is there not an optic on it?
1: It's one of those things where I just like didn't put it on because I'm proficient with irons, and I'm like, oh, I just I kind of like the iron sights on this. And I hate. It. He's like, no, but you should you should have an optic, like, and I yep. I shoot fine with the optic on, like Jax's other uh, Glock that he has with it on it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I just it's easier to conceal when there's not more shit on it. So like. I carry stuff just in my purse a lot, or whatever, and like it's really easy to hide anywhere I go. So it's like I just don't put extra shit on there. But he like completely shit on me. He's like, "My, do you not have an optic page? We need to fix that page. What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry." I'm inclined
0: to agree with him, and uh, (laughs) yeah, no, I a little while ago remember that that whole thing with Alicia Jicken and the uh, the the mall shooting where he uh, he hit the active shooter like eight times out of ten. Oh yeah, the
1: Dickens, the Dickens drill.
0: Yeah, doing that with irons and like I'm, you know, I'm proficient, like I'm a level of proficient on both, but doing that with irons versus doing it with even just like a basic optic is night and day difference.
1: Night and day. See, I did it with like my irons and like I did it and it was just like cool. Like to me, it doesn't feel different, but I feel like that's because I've shot the 48 enough now that like I know where that's. I mean, I say that, but then, you know, the if. I'm sure if the irons got bumped or something, it wouldn't be very good. I just feel comfortable with it. So I'm yeah. like, I didn't even think about it. I mean, ultimately, I, and I, uh fucking optic's only going to improve the situation. It's just more like, oh, I guess I didn't think about it. <laughs>
0: This episode is brought to you by Advanced Warfighting Solutions. Advanced Warfighting Solutions, they have quite literally everything that you need to be a lethal, super cool Instagram operator, and also just a super cool actual operator, or just a super cool civilian, or just whatever the fuck you want. They have battle belts, plate carriers, assault packs, pretty much anything nylon. They got it. So... Be sure to check them out, use code ARTMORE10 on an SMU war belt, and you'll save some money. We don't get any kickback, you just save money. Huge thank you to them for supporting the show. How's it going, lads and ladies? I'm BR, producer of the show, here to take a quick break to tell you about our Patreon. Not only do we want to continue improving the quality of what we can do here on Art & War, but we want to push what we do all over at Seaburn Art, from the guides to pursuing video content and the lofty goal of having a space for our team to make it all happen, and the Patreon helps us get after it. But what's in it for you? Our Patreon subscribers enjoy five different tiers of exclusive perks, ranging from all of the content the lads would post on a pre-Zuckerberg Instagram, downloadable high-resolution guides and targets including Redcoats, Skinwalkers, John Harvey Kellogg, World Economic Forum, Cult Leaders, and more. Also, behind-the-scenes info like Nathan's personal art, spicy memes, and at our highest tier, get monthly art commissions created by Nathan himself. You can find our Patreon via the link in this episode's description at patreon.com slash seaburnart or in the Art page's bio on Instagram. Now let's get back to the show. Anyways, moving on from Paige's uh questionable wrong gun choices. Um, <laughs> fuck, what are we talking about? Jesus. I, I am so all over the place, man. I had this coffee and it's helping a little bit, but also I, I feel like if I go down like a gun autism hole, I, that's all I'm going to fucking talk about. Hey, it's I we're, did, we're uh, here for it. I got this hat and I, I want to like film some unironic mm-hmm. gun content just like you know the really dramatic music the coming out out of the bushes and you know have a mask and mag up into a car and the hat says in big letters in the front please be patient i have autism um
1: it's just, i saw someone posted this meme one time in my discord and it was like a pepe the frog you know playing guitar and it said please be patient i'm acoustic
0: and it just <laughs>
1: i don't know it just fucking got me man
0: <laughs> dude fuck oh my god oh uh, do you watch edge runners yet yeah yeah i, I, I did. think you yeah. i did I-, I really liked it i agree with you on the pacing a little bit like it, it was very fast and i also understand that's that's like i i think that was a matter of the like the this, this studios gave them a set amount of time to do x and they Wait, were funded to a certain amount.
1: Without going too deep in yeah. the weeds on anime shit, because that could be an entire fucking podcast in and of itself. Studio yeah. Trigger uh, have made a but bunch of incredible animes. For those of you who don't know, it's like Gurren Lagann, Kill la Kill, fucking Little yeah. Witch Academia. They've done a yeah, bunch of really Promare. incredible work. What's that?
0: Promare.
1: Oh, yeah, Promare. Yeah, so like, they, they've yeah. done a bunch of things. Um, but that yeah. being said, Runners was uh it it was an episode it was only 10 episodes and it needed to be 20 at the very minimum it needed to be like 13 just to fix some things because studio trigger is kind of notorious too for being like a feast for the eyes but not always for the plot so there's things that it'll just kind of glaze over and you're like oh what the fuck because when they do something that's developed it's incredible but it was like Anyway, yeah, good shit. I I'm, was not, very I'm not going to
0: fault the studio too much for it because I think like they had the budget and the allocation for 10 and they fit a lot into that 10. Just imagine yeah, having to work really for better. Netflix. You know, this, this should watch it.
1: Just imagine imagine having to work for Netflix. Like Jax and yeah. I were joking. I'm like, I need like a woke meter to watch shows because yeah. we start watching the show on fucking, it was like barbarians or something. And we're like, not even in. I'm like, watch this. And all this old century you know, European fighting. I'm like, we're going to end up with some strong, independent woman warriors. And first episode, you've got this focus of this fucking cunt who probably can't even pick up a sword in her life. I'm like, bitch, like, you'd be like full of babies, like raped or dead by now or all of the above. <laughs> like, and like, here she is going through being like, and let me so strong and, and get vengeance. Like, shut the fuck up. Like women had no place in those things. they just really weren't. It's like, like people want, they're just so badly be these, these call-outs to diversity that didn't fucking exist then. Like, the diversity came in military tactics and the way people fucking killed themselves, or the diversity came with the flavor of political espionage that occurred, or the coup. Like, the diversity can be in an idealism and not the fucking cultures or the people associated with it. Like, just let the ideas speak for shit. God, that pisses me off. I'm just like...
0: Yeah. It's like... well. Uh, I, I think the Oscars and several other places, they started having diversity quotas where they will not get, they won't get considered for an award unless they meet, I think it's 30% of the characters. Uh, and there's a criteria for how important the characters have to be must be, you know, a, a visible, uh, a sexual, or a, a visible or a sexual minority or be a woman.
1: I think i just it's just i find it infuriating it's just like look hot take guess what people aren't fucking equal we're not and we're so hyper fixated on equality that we forget to embrace the parts that people are failures at and be able to overcome in other aspects here's a great example any of you guys ever play a fucking video game Bet you didn't stat your fucking team middle of the line. If you're playing Dungeons and Dragons or anything, guess what? Your characters are going to be better and lesser in other things. You need your paladin, your barbarian, your rogue. Like you need the separations and things because that's what makes people strong is equal through strengths not like equal as a fucking whole because people just fucking aren't there's going to be things that you're good in and things that i'm good in and we just ain't ever going to be equal in all the things that we do and i hate that like forced pursuing of that so the npcs can all stroke their dick and feel fucking good about it that like yeah, someone cares about me it's just like no you're fucking useless like society has supported people being fucking useless now and it's infuriating. I see it a lot with like you know ethought cultures. Like a, a great yeah. it's a great fucking example because there's so many women out there who like by all means if you're what was it like a, I think Belle Delphine like made a fuck ton of money developed an oh, she's investment
0: the, the gamer bathwater lady, isn't she? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And like, she ended up making like, or purchasing her own like investment company or something, like took all of her money, put it into dividends and stocks. And like, she was fucking smart about it. And I know women who oh, made sorry. fat stacks of cash, invested it properly. They're like, oh, I'm actually gonna start a Roth IRA on a 401k and I'm 23 years old. You know, like, so what if I'm having a train ran on me? Like, ultimately, like I'm gonna put this money in good places. I'm like, fucking get it. Because at the end of the day, she's gonna be self-sustaining. What pisses me off is like, I see this in culture where like, and I bring up women because it's the easiest thing for me to see and connect with. We're like, women are okay with being fucking useless. They're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just so pretty, and you're like, and you're gonna get traded in. Like, you have a fucking uh, eating disorder. Uh, That you want to meet some criteria that isn't fucking feasible like you have zero self-care you're addicted to fucking drugs and then you're upset because you constantly devalue yourself and then you're upset that other people aren't valuing you like no you're used up at fucking 28 not because you're not cute or because the work you did it's because nothing you did or put work into actually had any self-worth associated with it like People, in order to be useful, I think, need to find a sense of self-worthiness and apply that. And I don't believe for a second that literally everyone on this fucking planet doesn't have something that they can't contribute. Like, I believe that every single individual has something that they can do to make their corner of the world fucking better, even by just a a tiny metric. That's, that's, uh... That's just something I keep seeing that like really infuriates me. Like that was part of. I can
0: tell you get really passionate about something because you, you're you start waving your arms around like an Italian person. <laughs> I love it.
1: It's the old American mutton me. It's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> Usually I can just use the excuse, like anytime I do something fucking weird, it's like, yeah, I'm an artist. It's just they're like, wow, like Yeah,
0: I'm Italian. Hey, uh, we're at a
1: five-star restaurant. You're eating with your hands. I'm like, I'm an artist. What do you want? Like
0: yeah. <laughs> what do you want? I'm from Seattle.
1: <laughs> Why are you dressing like that? I'm an artist. It's I don't know. Why are you cutting in line? I'm it's inspiration. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't cut in line. That's rude.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I don't like that either. But uh, that being said, that's why I have the please be patient. I have autism hat. I just put that on. I can get away with anything. Uh, Lucas uh, Garrett from the Schizocast, he, he said something pre- pretty good, which is you just kind of get away with anything if you if you are uh, retarded. So um, yeah. So just uh, I don't know. Someone gets mad at you for cutting in line. Let's let's use the asshole example, and you just like cock one foot in, um, drop one shoulder, and just speak with the your tongue touching the roof of your mouth, and they like the situation will just dissipate.
1: Oh my god, we were. Uh, <laughs> it's so easy to manipulate situations like that too. I have people I know who've just done that to fuck with people to prove points, <laughs> just like doing that, or like when my friend. My really good friend um Adam, he goes by Chocolate Operator on Instagram. He's just oh, yeah. fucking hilarious. He came and visited me for my birthday back in August. He and his kick ass girlfriend came and stayed with Jax and I. They're just they're awesome fucking people. But we were joking about things and like I told him as we were in Seattle, and he was like, Oh, I heard that, you know, he's like, I heard this is a, a city of reparations or something. I like because <laughs> yeah, he, he's black. And yeah. we were cracking up about it because he was just like, We're in this store and uh i was like no like in seattle like they can't even pursue you in a vehicle let alone stop you for theft like you don't have to fucking pay for anything like i have real issues with like theft but as i was saying this i was like no i'm not kidding and he's like wait a second he's like you're saying like i can just take anything and they can't fucking stop me and i'm like no and so we're in this van store downtown and this like guy walks in this um this black guy and he's like a, a tweaker and he's like holding this jacket and he's like oh did you guys have another size another size and it's like some whatever 400 dollars fucking like nice like winter jacket you know and yep. then the workers literally like oh man you ain't fooling anybody just just take it And he just walks out of the fucking store, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then Adam's like, "Oh shit, I ain't paying for anything." What? And like, not that that to be said, he didn't. He definitely didn't fucking steal anything. But it was just (laughs) hilarious that he was just like, "Oh my god, like you weren't kidding," and I was like, "No, bro, I wasn't fucking kidding." Like,
0: yeah. Oh, dude, it's getting so bad, and I, I feel like we could get on a whole schizo rant about this. I fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna do it. Go so, Get him. I'm, Get him, Nate. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm genuinely curious. I brought this up before, but like I think about, you know, we, we all had the days, well, a lot of us had the days where, you know you, everyone had a starter job. Everyone. I've worked minimum wage. I've worked close to minimum wage. I've I've worked like pretty I've worked some jobs where I had to eat shit. Thankfully I never had to really serve food or anything like that. But growing up, you know, right after moving out at like 17, 18 years old, you know, I, I did some shitty jobs and I think about all the people who do shitty jobs now. And like, I was making ends meet then, you know, I, I didn't really smoke. I, I didn't smoke. I, I didn't do any drugs. I didn't drink. I, I didn't really do much of anything. Like I put some money into, I guess, graphic novels, but I, I lived a fairly, you know, modest life. And that's before everything was dog shit. Now in 2022, when things cost probably Two and a half, three times as much as they did then. How the fuck do people live? And I think the answer to that is fucking shoplifting. <laughs> like it is so hard to live an honest life now if you are doing, if you are playing by the rules. And like I, I don't want to glorify just you know going in and robbing the fuck out of a Kroger, but I've I've noticed in in my city, everywhere, 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 everywhere is cut their hours. They have uh, you know anti theft gates and everything. Everywhere is hiring you know, lost prevention to stand at the door both ways going in and out. And it, the other day I went down to a local pharmacy to grab a monster energy drink and it's 10 PM at night. It's, it's not particularly late. Don't judge me for having a monster at 10. Um I'm judging you. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just drank a coffee and it's 11. So
1: you're an artist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <there we go. laughs> I'm an artist. Um, so I, I go in, and like the, the door is locked, and you know, an employee behind the, the door unlocks it for me. I go in, he relocks it behind me. It's like, okay, that, that's weird. And it's, a, it's a big pharmacy. When I say a pharmacy, <coughs> I mean it's essentially a grocery as well. They have a little bit of everything. I get my stuff, you know, I pay for it, and I leave. And he locks the door for me again on the way out. And, I, and I, I ask him at this point, I'm curious, like, hey, uh, is everything okay? Like, what's going on? He goes, No, the theft has gotten crazy. People will just come in with garbage bags and they'll stuff them. It's. it's They were doing
1: that downtown with luggage. They just literally went into the Targets and stuff downtown with like empty suitcases, filled shit up, and like left. And there's just nothing you can do.
0: Holy fuck. Yeah. It's. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. Uh, I I hear in a lot of places it's been completely decriminalized.
1: Well, Um, yeah. Like, especially on the West Coast, they're just like. it, It comes down to this, though. Like, I almost think that the decriminalization comes less from the fact that it's not seen as a serious crime as that there's so many other serious crimes that they don't want to bring attention to and they don't have time to deal with. Like, there's times out here, we've got a big city and I can count on one hand the number of cops that were actually overseeing, you know, however one point something million people are within that jurisdiction. Like, it's just like, it's crazy. Like, that's it. Like, Seattle, literally you fill out your reports online like if your car gets broken into you go to like seattlepd.com click on the type of crime that you're reporting and then it generates a number it's like do you want an officer to come out click yes or no
0: holy shit christ yep. oh it's that, wild you ever, you ever see the ju- like judge dread or you know mm-hmm. read it or any of those it's like mega city one you know the x amount of uh, murders happen every hour we respond to about two percent of them it's it's just a fun little dystopic view of the future and it's kind of coming true in real time the the whole thing in in illinois blows my fucking mind to how they've decriminalized well not decriminalized um sorry that that was the wrong word um they've gotten rid of the cash bail system so by default a bunch of new uh, I, I believe some of the offenses are things like um, domestic battery, arson, uh, second degree murder, et cetera. You will get bail. You will be let back out. Fact check me on this if you'd like. Perhaps you know, I mean, you know,
1: to be honest, there's so many fucked up things constantly happening yeah. around my own uh, country that I can't keep up with it all. So yeah. I'm just like, so, like, there's something wrong every day and I'm just kind of like, ah, fuck on your Cash
0: bills. I'm going to fact check myself because I, I don't want to put this out there without Il- Illinois. So apparently this goes live in January. Um, the Illinois Illinois pretrial fairness act the new law eliminates wealth-based detention. Uh, hold on. Let's look at the list of. Yep. Second degree murder, third degree murder, assault and battery. Um, there is no more detaining prisoners who are accused of any of these crimes. Holy shit! The list of crimes are very long.
1: <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Why are so many yeah. people buying guns? We don't know.
0: Kidnapping, drug-induced homicide, aggravated battery. We
1: don't know. We don't. We don't. God, it's just—it's just so crazy. Why are all these? What's going on? Why are these communities? Yeah, why would anyone want a
0: gun? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> No, just rely on the police. To, but just um, put a complaint online, you know, See, check the box to, for the police to show up. Maybe they will.
1: God, to circle back, just you talking a little bit ago about like minimum wage jobs and like how people would make it. Um, I just made me think about uh, right now, there's so many people who really think though, like on that flip side, that having a minimum wage job, or I'm going to say entry level because not all jobs are made to be fucking careers, Okay like entry level jobs should be fucking minimum wage trash heaps this is where you learn social infrastructure and and understand how to deal with things by getting thrown in the fucking pits right like you're the you're the privates of the of the fucking uh, retail industry there like whether it's food like whatever you get people going into situations thinking that like i need to get paid this and it's like bitch like you put a hash brown in a fucking container like this is not this is not actively using your fucking brain to do a thing
0: I I honestly think that the I, I agree like we we live in a meritocracy pay people you know in, in accordance with the, the skill they put into their job but I also think that the world would be significantly better and I am not for again I hate the fact I have to preface this I am speaking hypothetically I am not actually in favor of mandating literally anything I think the world would be a fuckload better if everyone was forced to work just, like, a shitty minimum wage service job for, like, a year of their life and deal with the sort of bullshit that those people do.
1: Well, it just comes down to, like... It's funny, because uh, like you and I were talking a little bit about this, just about like, AI artwork and stuff, right? And there's this oh, huge... Yeah, we should get into that. There's this huge uproar in the art community that, like, AI artwork is going to just outdo artists and all these things, and they're not going to have anything, and... I don't know. I bring up the point that artists, like, they'll be like, oh, artists are already so underpaid and all these things. And I'm like, artists get underpaid as much as they do overpaid. A lot of artist types think they're entitled to paychecks, like they're a genius creator. Most artists aren't fucking special. Like, either is their work. It's a minimum wage job like anywhere else to mimic templates and make things, especially in a studio where there's already a style and standard. Like, if you're paid to replicate a thing, to do perfunctory fucking work, that is like a learned skill that you get paid for. You're no fucking Van Gogh or, 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 or you know, Kim G. Like, that's not that's not what that is. It's like, ultimately... If you want a paycheck, then you make merch and you fucking market yourself. Otherwise, you're going to have to put in the time and dedication like anyone else who ever climbed that ladder of success. So the market is saturated like any other market. And, like, athletes must compete to show their outstanding, like, undeniable physical ability. So must artists in a sea of other people exactly like them. All art is derivative. It's the person and perspective that makes people stand out. Like, I, I fully fucking believe that. So... I think the people who fear that shit the most are like, oh, you know, oh my God, like they're going to come in and automate this. I'm like, that's funny because everyone said the same thing about self checkout and every yeah. fucking retail place I know is begging for real people to work there.
0: Yeah. They said the same thing about sewing machines back in the 1800s.
1: Yeah. I think I, the th-
0: I it as a tool, I think it's fantastic. It, it has helped me immensely, um, especially with simply having ideas. Like it, it's not smart enough to replace me. Not yet. And I, I don't think it ever will with... Uh,
1: no, no. But I, I, don't, I,
0: I do use it to shitpost.
1: Vocaloid's a great example. Um, I was talking to my friend Chalky about this, like about it and saying how like Vocaloid, if you guys aren't familiar, Vocaloid is a program that came out in the early 2000s of a uh, it's a digital program that literally chopped the pitches of some singers' voices to create AI like idol dancers and shit. It's kind of the groundwork for VTubers in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it was like the first hologram concerts were coming out in the early 2000s of like Hatsune Miku. And people were like, Oh my God, holograms are going to replace real artists. And you're like, no, instead wow. it opened up a world where humans are amazing about taking something and then exploiting it and creating incredible and terrible things with it. And so when you see something like that, you're like, wow, it opened the groundwork to make a whole bunch of amazing Videos and, and other creations, and a, it built a whole community around it that in no way was a threat to actual artists. Like, I feel that honestly, when it comes to things like AI stuff, uh, and I'm definitely not by any means an advocate of like technology taking over everything, I'm actually very much a traditionalist in a lot of ways. I have technology in the means that I feel that I need to to facilitate. Being able to pay my bills and I'm fine interacting with it. But at the end of the day, if I could never play video games or have my cell phone again, I'd be fucking fine. Like, yeah. whatever.
0: No, I agree. Um, I just sent you something uh, on Instagram. It is a picture I generated with my AI. The prompt was minions burning a cross.
1: Oh, God. I'll, have to look- <laughs> I'll go look that up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think it's I'll stand by problem. that. I think people who fear like this AI thing the most are those who have generic art to begin with, right? If they don't yeah. have any real creative power, then of course a computer is going to quickly make them irrelevant. Like-
0: Oh, Paige coming with the fucking spice. Coming well, it's like people, that-
1: oh. people get yes. like shitty about it. My mindset's like, you know, okay, maybe my take is harsh, but it's just how the world works. Like we adapt to shifts or we don't. Everyone yeah. I see bitching, like for the most part, everyone I see bitching about it are the same people who bitch about everything else being their- their problem that they're not successful. Like it's it when it's shrouded in victim mentality. And granted, there's definitely fucking outliers, but I don't know. If you love art, then nothing's going to stop you from making it. If it's just a job or a learned skill, then it's going to weed people out really fast who don't meet a certain bar. Like I'm fine with a bar being raised. I'll fucking meet it. Like at the end of the day, I create for me because I love to make fucking artwork. Nothing is ever going to stop how good I feel when my hands are like wet with paint and I'm, I'm making something awesome on a canvas or throwing pottery or whatever. Like that's a beautiful thing that I have an intimate connection with. And there are times where I can monetize that, but that comes with the personality behind it. Like, you know, what makes an artist, successful what makes any fucking business successful is the ability to market yourself like maybe like I'm not for a doubt thinking that oh pageosity like I'm so fucking good at artwork like there's artwork that I like and there's plenty of stuff that I don't care for that other people like but at the end of the fucking day like when it comes down to stylistically I'm not the greatest fucking artist there is there's no way like there I'm sure there's things that I I'm I'm decent at and that i've learned and maybe some is attributed to talent or obsession or skill or whatever but at the end of the fucking day people come for whatever fuck all reason the shenanigans and madness that is pageosity and i don't know why but uh for whatever reason someone right now is probably listening to this like oh cool pageosity is talking and i like at the end of the day i'm like i don't know why anyone fucking wants to listen to me talk but whatever (laughs)
0: yeah well I, I mean i enjoy listening to you talk so there's one
1: well i appreciate that <laughs> no worries. but oh. i think everyone hates the sound of their own voice like i said you go back oh, and yeah no, it, look absolutely. at something and it i'm like a while to get used to it yeah i couldn't i still like I, I have just the hardest time editing things i'm i'm constantly cringing every time i hear my own octaves pierce the airwaves i'm like that's not what i yeah. sound like no <laughs>
0: I, I kind of get this thing, though. It makes it a little easier. It's podcast amnesia. I, I will record an entire episode, and like half an hour later, someone will ask what I recorded about and I'll be like, I don't fucking know. Like, I, I, I don't know.
1: Like, what, I just dropped out, I? man. I don't know. How do you
0: do um, And yeah, and then I'll listen to the, the podcast and be like, oh, I fucking said that? I'm a retard. Uh, but... I will be right back, though. I'm going to use the washroom quick.
1: Oh, perfect. That's a perfect moment to pause. Intermission time.
0: Yes. Sorry, Bear. Um,
1: You had a (laughs) cross-burning minion picture you sent me.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. It actually turned out pretty good. But yeah, no, uh, all all the AI artwork I've generated so far, I know this isn't all of them and, you know, it will get better, but all of hands and faces are super jacked up, so most things are unusable um unless you go in like a really really generic style in which it will ignore your prompt entirely but um the minions cross one was great so it was confederate shrek i'll send you that later oh my keep God. on getting DMs asking for for them and i can't reply to all of them but tr- i'll try
1: you're just you're just one of god's silliest gooses you are
0: god's goofiest goobers but no yeah no i, I find them fun um that being said, uh, no combination of telling it to draw any kind of gun gets anything remotely resembling a gun. Like, you you know, comics back in the the '90s, he, every you know, for example, like the Punisher, every different page he had a different non-gun that wouldn't work in the real world, and it like no two panels that look the same. The the artist would just draw something entirely different. That's kind of what the AI is like. It can't figure things out. So it just gives you like a vague gun shape in, and something that wouldn't work. Like I
1: wonder it. if that's just on purpose. Like there's probably certain things that they just like limit because they, they're like, no, you don't get to have these things. Like, you know.
0: I, I wonder because it's like that with other things too. Like you ask for something kind of, like it tries, it tries. And sometimes you get something good, but it still wouldn't work in the real life. Like I, I'll, I'll go do it right now.
1: And I'll I wonder if works. like typing in like guns uh, or words for guns in different languages would make a difference.
0: I wonder. Uh, let's try fusil automatique, uh, automatic <laughs> rifle in French.
1: Okay, we'll see. We'll see if it works out.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, no style.
1: I just have a hard time believing that AI doesn't figure out guns when, like, without fail, every time there's ever been an AI, they like.
0: It's like three things that look kind of like guns, but they're they're not. I'm just going to say I'm just going to screen cap all three and send them to you, and you'll get what I mean. It's like a gun, but it's not. Like it, it it wouldn't work. There's nowhere for the bolt to go. One of them's just like a rod with a... One of them's basically like a, a log with an ACOG thing on it. And th- this is pretty standard, no matter what I search.
1: Yeah, like, I it, feel it, like at that point, like, the fuck AI doesn't know what a gun is? Like, of all the yeah, things... no, like- it, it knows.
0: It just can't get them right. Like, if you know what a gun is, you know, like, generally where a magazine is supposed to go. And y- you need this much space behind a behind it to clear a bowl. But you
1: know like hands I get because they're they can take so many forms, but guns ultimately have like I mean there's attachments and shit, but like
0: yeah.
1: in and of themselves like a gun just it's just like linear. You could just create any sort of like linear mapping for it. And it would make I don't know. I don't fucking I'm not a fucking dev. I'm just talking out my ass.
0: Well, I I'm going to try it with AR15s, like something specific. Um it's generating 3 and, like, it's in the ballpark. Like, that—that that is visibly an AR-15, but it's just a little wrong. Like, the, the bolt catches on the right side for some reason. That one has a magazine as a foregrip. This one has a magazine as a pistol grip.
1: Like You know what's funny? Do you remember? You mentioned, like, comics in the 90s, and, like, I think comics in the 90s, and I think, like, uh, you know, like, gunsmith cats or anything else from the fucking manga world and like they drew guns better than any fucking American comic artist, it seems like I
0: find that really funny. I Japan's always had this weird cultural obsession with uh with guns, and I kinda love it.
1: I mean, you probably would too if you had like a third the population of a nation put on an island like the size of practically fucking California and then were just nuked. You know I have some you might have some violent, repressed fantasies. I, I
0: don't
1: know. Oh,
0: 100%. <laughs> There's a reason Airsoft is so fucking popular there, I think. You know that, like, uh, the disarmament of Japan isn't a new thing. Like, they took the swords away from the peasants generations ago. You still have to register a sword if you have one. Um, it's it's ridiculous. And, hell, even uh, Lucas, uh, Irish Lucas, Garrett, coming over here, um. I carry a pocket knife every day and so do a lot of people. It's not even necessarily as a weapon at all. It's, it's you know, it's a tool. And that is so foreign to him coming from Europe. And I, I, th- I mean, it shouldn't a- be because
1: crime's real fucking high over there. <laughs> oh, it's
0: super Fucking bad. I, I just saw a terrifier two, great movie, by the way. And there's a scene where he just throws hydrofluoric acid in some lady's face. I'm like, Oh, it's a London simulator. Okay. Um, great movie by the way it's it is halloween so
1: <laughs> no dude i think that I, I look back at um i have some pictures of like old guns that i've drawn though and back in the day when you didn't realize that if you mirror a weapon like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah i was everyone's while i'll see artists coming through making stuff and you're just like oh oh no
0: yeah it's That's, like that that, that no. ar has like An AK mag and the bolt catches on the right side for some reason. Yeah, I see that a lot.
1: I just, I mean, in general, guns are fucking hard to draw. Like, they just are. Like, that's why every time I, like, hand draw a gun, I'm always just like, oh, this takes so much time. I mean, I always hand draw my guns, but I mean that, like, if I'm not using a very explicit reference or, like, at least getting an outline of proportion and some kind of trace, like, just be like, okay, let me at least just get the fucking dimensions real quick to help because it's just, it takes forever.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, migraine, uh, XXL. He turned me on to a pretty good program that he uses. Um, gun builder where you can take the yeah. guns apart. So, and so that being said, it just gives you like, in ter- in terms of accessories, you kind of have to do that by eye. It gives you yeah. a very basic build, like an M4 you have, you know, the same M4 everyone used in 2002. With,
1: well, there comes um, a point, like I'm going to be working on my comic coming up and, uh, I've got, You know, you get guns at weird fucking angles and it just comes down to it, unless you have the gun right there for like easy picture reference, like a lot of artists will just take things into like Fusion 360 and make like line art outlines effectively to insert. And then you can still like, tracing that thing still fucking takes time like to be able to match style or whatever. But it's like that that saves so much fucking time to tell a story. I ain't about
0: with comics, comics are economies of scale, and a lot of people don't get that. It's like, how many drawings do you have to do to get a single comic out every month? A fucking ton.
1: Oh, God, like, yeah. I, I Can don't... you imagine the life of like being a mangaka, where you're like, hey, you have 20 oh. days to make 100 pages of artwork?
0: Yeah. It's like, I know my economy of scale. I know how much I can pump out in any given day. And I'm, like, not to, you know, jerk myself off. I'm a lot faster than, you know, some other artists. I, I have a pretty quick turnaround time with some things if I have good direction. I sit down to do a piece of personal art. Like, it can be pretty complicated. I'll probably, I'll crank it out in a couple hours. Imagining doing enough to fill an entire comic book. Holy shit. Genuinely. It, it's... Especially getting the, the backgrounds and dynamic motion, and I understand why you know it's, it's split up into one person does pencils, one person does inking, one person is the colorist, and one person does typesetting. I understand that now.
1: Yeah, I'm like at the system, or looking into the system for what's needed. I think a lot of people dive into projects without realizing how much it actually takes to set it up. Like that's where I've seen visual novels fail that way. I've seen comics fail that way. I've seen so many things where people promise something like, Oh yeah, it's going to take this time. And it's like, how much grace period did you afford yourself for that to take more time? Like that's, you have to have a grace period for those things. Like I have a story I'm writing out. And then that story, so a long time ago I had a, uh, I did a, still do a lot of tabletop gaming and I had like a character I had a whole backstory for and I ended up just getting really into the backstory and just was super into the character and had a lot of fun, just world building and developing with it. And I drafted like 126 pages for a comic and I sat down and started actually doing all the line art for it and got like three out of five chapters basically drawn out before yeah. realizing I was basically just storyboarding with images Like, I mean, I was drawing the images in their totality and I was telling a story in my head, but I wasn't making enough room for the actual dialogue. And I did this years ago now, but I was like looking at it and like, wow, holy shit. Like to go back through and actually put in the fucking dialogue to this, I have to be able to have that dialogue written out. And so now I'm writing it first and then having somebody edit that writing. And then I can use that writing to base my story off of instead of the other way around. (laughs) Yeah because i'm no miyazaki like fucking uh i don't know
0: how they do it like manga artists specifically i have no idea how the fuck they do it like junji ito he does everything every single part of that
1: i mean that's he draws fucking like the artist of berserk man like he was literally addicted to chain smoking and idle video games and he was effectively a fucking shut-in and just yeah you don't you don't produce that level of work and not be some kind of socially fucking inept. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, there's a there's a gap there to be able to do that. You have to have some level of legitimate, I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but like actual fucking like ADHD or the hyper fixation of like an autistic spectrum to be able to commit to something like that.
0: Yeah, like, no. I'm without just, literally wanting much- to blow
1: your fucking brains out.
0: I wonder how much of Japan's population is autistic.
1: I did read a study that um, it was sent to me by someone. I thought it was really interesting just talking about like neurotypical behaviors of like different cultures and stuff. And supposedly, supposedly um, Asian women have a propensity towards a higher tolerance of autistic men.
0: So well, that explains where I came from.
1: That's good news for all you schizo fucking autists who want your beautiful <laughs> Asian waifu. She'll probably put up with you. <laughs> Lucky you. And you, know, you know what's cracks about that? Is you see these guys who are like these, 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 these schizo posting fucking incel doomers, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, my trad waifu. I'm like, bitch, you haven't picked up a fucking weight or like held a job for how long and they're like no no i'm gonna get my I'm like they don't know that's to go be a person (laughs) yeah go touch some fucking grass
0: (laughs) actually fuck though people feel entitled especially uh people feel entitled to relationships people feel entitled to, to good jobs people feel entitled to things they're not willing to put work into and it drives me fucking wild
1: this goes back to us talking about just like people who do entry level jobs and shit and feel like you get these artists who are like, I deserve to be paid. I'm like, bitch, you ain't making anything special. Like, yeah. I know that you're putting an effort, but not every fucking job that you do. Like the world owes you nothing. Yeah. The world fucking owes you nothing. The world owes you nothing. Like who's ever yeah. hearing this who thinks anyone owes you fucking anything? They don't. No one owes you a goddamn thing. You have to go and get for yourself those things. And it just, it's so frustrating when you see people who granted patience is important, but you get people who just get caught up in the fucking weeds, shaking their fist at the world, angry that all of these things aren't working out for them. And it's like, no, no, be the protagonist of your own fucking story. Don't wait for people to do shit for you. The difference between success and potential is action. Like, That was, I was having this conversation with someone the other day, like they were actually coming down and being like, oh, you know, oh, my son, he has so much potential and he just doesn't do these things. I'm like, who are you to say what he's capable of? Like, it doesn't matter Like if you see a skill in him that you might admire or like wish that you had, like that's not for you to facilitate through them. Like there are so many people, everyone has potential. Every single fucking person has potential. You get these girlfriends with their stoner boyfriends oh my god he's such a good musician just if he just if he just did these things if he just and it's like well he's not and that's the difference like right now there's some fucking rain man solving world's unwritten equations on his fucking walls of the basement and and he's gonna die and no one's gonna know who he is or what those things mean because he was too socially awkward to ever actually interact with the world and share those things The same is true of incredible artists and musicians. And I met people who make incredible fucking artwork and they never share it with anybody. They're just, that's for them. They have art for them. And they're like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. And it's like, no, they don't have to do anything with it. If you, you know, who are you to say what they should or shouldn't do with their skills?
0: The one personality trait that I think pisses me off the most is lack of ambition. And I I respect, you know, that that's someone's choice, That's someone, you know, if if someone doesn't want to work upwards and upwards, it's totally okay. They're not hurting anyone else. But especially when they feel like something is owed to them for not doing that. Yeah,
1: lack of ambition is fine, but lack of ambition and frustrated that things aren't working out for you, like magically, that's No. You can be happy in your nine to five with your married life and, and, you know, having your job that you do the bare minimum out. Like there are people who are happy that way. And that is totally fucking allowed. But if you don't have any goals and you're upset because you're not somewhere else in your life, buddy, that's a you problem.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I remember, uh, I knew someone a little while ago who, you know, it was decrying, you know, she didn't make very much money and she she talked about oh i work so much harder than everyone else and i don't understand it's like girl you work a nine to five we we've all worked nine to fives you don't work harder than anyone else and i don't see why that makes you entitled to anything that anyone else doesn't get um i'm going to stop myself before i go on a schizo rant about this particular person
1: i mean ultimately though that mindset of people who are like i work harder than anyone else okay If you're that person who felt at every single job that you were the only one who ever did your job well and everyone else is an idiot, reality check, you're probably the fucking idiot. Like most of the time people sit there and be like, oh, I'm so important. I'm all of these things. Like if you are so invaluable that no one else can do your job, that's poor fucking management. If you're getting paid the work a nine to five for somebody and you aren't in some way invested in the fucking company beyond your time, that's like watching someone else's kid. Like you're not, at the end of the day, you're not their fucking parent. You're not contributing to anything. If you... If you're like, oh, I do all this and all that, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, they, they're not required to thank you or be grateful. If you're organizing your workspace and making things easier, that is for you. And as much as you be like, oh, it makes things better as a whole. If I left, if you fucking left, like every other fucking company that barely holds its head above water, but no one else fucking knows that, it's going to move on without you and be just fine. And that that makes people really upset. Be like, yeah, guess what? If you died, your job would be posted tomorrow on fucking Craigslist. Like that's just, there's going to be an ad for you. You are not irreplaceable. Go be somewhere where you're irreplaceable. Go be in a relationship where you're irreplaceable. Go find a line of work that you do for you for the betterment of others where you are irreplaceable. Like if you're working somewhere else, odds are, you ain't fucking irreplaceable. I don't care what you think you do. That job would probably be just fine without you. So if like, you're looking for a sign, listening to this being like, I don't know if I should quit this thing or whatever. If your job were a person, would you tell someone that you love to date that person? Sounds funny. But you're like, oh yeah, you know, well, they kind of treat me like shit, but well, they don't even pay me that well. They actually pay me shit too. And Wow, I put in a lot of effort and a lot of nights and weekends, and I think about them all the time when I'm in bed at night. But ultimately, they don't give me back anything except the bare minimum. Fucking leave.
0: Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, Paige, the the moment I started doing this full-time was the moment I thought I realized that I probably will never work for anyone else as long as I live. Like it, Being my own boss has been so fucking freeing, and I know that that's not for everyone and like i do contract work i'll I'll contract out to companies i'll be on retainer i'll do whatever but ultimately i am my own boss and i can walk away whenever the fuck i want and that freedom is something that you can't buy i mean i guess you can because you know get paid for it but whatever
1: the cost of that is the discipline though too like i don't believe that everybody is good self-employed Like, as it goes, like, as a fucking artist, like, don't think for a second I ain't fucking broke, dog. Like, just to put in perspective, like, just to pay the bills, like, bare minimum bills for, like, my studio and my rent, like, that's all of my fucking income. Like, that's just, I have things I get to go do because I'm afforded um I'm afforded some cool opportunities from people that I care about very much or they care about me, which is amazing. But it's like, it's so fucking hard to be self-employed too. Like there is something nice about going to a fucking job and you get paid to text. Like just if you're gonna work a nine to five, we all have that person. I'm just gonna say, you've got your, your Tom. Tom comes in. Tom's been working at the hardware store for 15 fucking years. Tom comes in and clocks in at 830. He gets his coffee and talks to a couple of the people for the first half hour of his shift while he moseys around and then does what he just needs to do for the day. And then Tom goes home. I used to fucking hate that guy because I'm like, what the hell? He comes in. He does the bare minimum of everything. And then he leaves like and I'm here busting my ass, you know, doing this, doing that. And then I realized as I got older. Tom is right. Yeah. He goes in, he clocks out. When he clocks out, he's fucking out. He's done. Yeah. Work stays there. He's got his paycheck and he lives the life he wants to live and is afforded the things he wants to be afforded.
0: Yeah. I fuck you with You are that. not your job. Yeah. And that, that is something that it is so hard to get across to people. You are not your job and you owe them nothing.
1: And there's nothing wrong with doing your job well. Like I've worked That's a lot right. of sales jobs and stuff, but it's like I've had jobs, uh, you know, not long ago, I worked at a place where I was training multiple fucking managers. And I was just like, hey, and this was, you know, a few years ago now, but I was just like, hey, um, look, I understand that I'm really good at what I do and my parameters, uh, but you're going to pay me management wages if I'm training your managers, period. Like, my experience is invaluable. And either you're going to pay me that or I'm just not going to do it. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll pay you more. Because at first they were like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, then you can find someone else to like, hire managers or they're like oh we don't have a manager at this location can you take on this work i'm like you're gonna pay me extra yeah like i will do my job description really fucking good but at the end of the day especially if you're working for a corporate fucking company like it's gonna be written out and if you're at some Family owned business where they treat you like a family member, which basically is usually code word for we can just emotionally abuse each other and then we tolerate it and then no one really reports it to HR because that's the family dynamic in most workplaces. Like, if you're defining your own fucking job role and you're like, oh, well, I gotta do this because no one else will, like, don't mix up control with capability. Like, you, other people are probably capable. You can't ride a bike for them. You just gotta teach others. And if someone isn't in the place to delegate, how that needs to happen, and you're not getting paid to delegate, then fucking don't. Do your job really well, and know that it's okay to fucking say no.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been thinking about the labor crisis lately. The the lack of people who are able to you know fill just be warm bodies in in places. And I had a kind of interesting thought. It may be bullshit. It may be. You know, just my, my weird parathletizing. But going back to what I was thinking about, you know, minimum wage and how those people are most likely, and, you know, if you play fair, you play by the rules, you, you do whatever, um, unable to make ends meet. And I was thinking, you know, those people don't make a living wage. They, you know, it's a very unattractive position to be in if you know that you won't be able to make your bills doing it. But I also think about the amount of new homeless, the amount of people who actually did fall into that hole. You know, during the lockdowns, during whatever, they lost their jobs, they lost their livelihood, and they are, are simply off the system now. And when you're off the system, it's really, really hard to get back into it, if you even want to. And it just kind of makes me sad.
1: You know, I mean, at the end of the day, though, like that comes down to like livable wages, People don't want to live in moderation and everything's expensive. Like I don't care where you were. It's a broken fucking system across the world right now. This is just the results of a crashing economy. This is just what that looks like, you know? So, you know, I lost my job during COVID and I was working in the fucking fitness industry. I had actually taken a sabbatical for eight weeks to work on some other art project stuff and was going to come back. Well, when I came back, it was going to be March of 2020, March of 2020, everything shut down. And in order to file for unemployment, you know what you need? Eight weeks of work history. Guess what Paige yeah. didn't get? So I was in a situation where I'm like, wow, I have no fucking income. I don't have any special paperwork or statuses to have anything extra. Like, I'm like, okay, I just got to fucking figure it out. And so somehow from the support of my incredible fucking partner, Jax, and also the fact that, you know, I'd been already kind of dabbling in the art world where I was, I just went full fucking send. And I'm like, all right, let's just see what i made of. And so far it's worked out somehow. (laughs) And now I'm doing all kinds of crazy shit and going to fucking play with guns and cool places and, and learn stuff. And I don't know how being a titty artist led me to fucking this firearms world, but here I am. It's kind of great
0: though. It's unexpected, but it's pretty fucking great.
1: I recently went to, um, uh, I had the absolute pleasure of attending uh, Darcy, uh, also known yes, as Direct yes. dark. Action.
0: I always thought it was just dark, like D A R.
1: Direct Action uh, Resource Center. Um, you yes, guys. Tell can... us all about it. Well, you guys can Google it for yourselves if you really want to see what it's about. But basically, it's uh, I went to just go op four over there, um, you know, which is opposition force for the few of you who probably don't know what that means. Basically, it means that um, I get to be a bad guy, and as a bad guy, I make it harder on the good guys. Uh, but ultimately, the god the course was just really fucking incredible, and it was nuts because I don't even really know. Like, I know how I got there because I have some uh, you know, connections and stuff in the industry that have enabled me to, uh, have the privilege of being there. But I just went there for op four and actually ended up sitting in on the class for many of those days. And, uh, it, there's, there's, there's just nothing like it. Um, the violation of neurotypical behavior and like stress inoculation that happens is just, it's incredible. Uh, it's amazing. We, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Sims were fired in a week, and uh, we did a lot of amazing shit. But you know, being uh, said, so just a fucking artist, you know, I'm nobody, and here are these people who you've got people from all over with different precincts and teams and things they're going back to, and it's like, you know, what do you do with that kind of knowledge? Somehow, my arts led me into this world where. I've had access to learn some incredible things. And I'm like, wow, like what do I do with the responsibility of that knowledge now? And be like, what can I do with that? And for now, just, uh, whether it's like weapons handling or, you know, uh, being in places where I see the other side of, you know, law enforcement or, or military or whatever it is that they get, whatever it is that they do and bridging those gaps between the, uh, the, the civilian world, as it were, even if it's, you know, 20 bridges that I, you know, hopefully close the gap on, then that's at least, you know, 20 bridges that uh, are less people to be ignorant to what's going on or just hateful of something they don't understand. So I'm in kind of the unique position where as a nobody, I still get to see what both sides are doing, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Darcy was incredible, especially cause like I never for a whole week, you know, I was uh, in full fucking gear and on, you know, Airboss and a helmet and a plate carrier and you know, fucking cry gear and the belt and the boots, and you're getting shot the fuck up. And is uh, I never use gear really, like I'm sure there's lots of you know, gear careers out there, which is awesome. Like, get it, but my mentality is like if uh, I'm training, it's usually in plain clothes, right? Because yeah. the feds aren't gonna knock on your door and be like, Oh, yoohoo, you have 10 minutes to get ready. You know, it's like, no, they're uh. gonna they're going to flat tire your shoe on the way to the grocery store or like get you while you're taking a shit. Like you're not going to have any time. You get all these boog boys being like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight the feds. I'm like, why don't you just work on getting a mile under 12 minutes? Like there's a good start, you know, like let's, (laughs) let's just get you there, buddy. But no, I just see that we're being in a situation where I got to have so much gear and gun familiarity was just fucking awesome in and of itself and you're you're sucking air through a mask like sprinting around not able to breathe you know having to think quickly so you're not shooting your own people or getting shot by your own people because that happens sometimes yeah. in the chaos yeah. Like, but yeah Sorry, Darcy's just, a, is incredible sure. and I, I can't say enough amazing things about every single fucking instructor and person yeah. uh that I met there like there were just so many amazing people there. I don't even really know. Like I'm sure I'm sure you can find them through social media and see who's like linked through it and stuff. I don't really know what the uh uh what's the word I'm looking for if it's like a faux pas to be like, oh yeah, this person and that person were there. But I don't uh there there's just every single person there, good, bad, or indifferent, just provided for me like an incredible experience. And I can't believe that I was even able to be a part of that. So that was really fucking amazing. And uh yeah know what I got out of it was just uh man, it was just fucking life-changing. I just really loved being there. Like, you're just in this high-octane, like, violent mindset for a whole week. Like, you're just fucking high. Like, the whole time, just trying to not peak your adrenaline and, like, control that. And it was... It just made me realize being there that I absolutely never want to be apart from the, like, tactical or, like, gun world. As much as people talk, like, shit about it and stuff, like... There's so much community and camaraderie there. And for as 100%. much as for as much as people shit on each other, at the end of the fucking day, like I still want I'd take a FUD as my neighbor, you know, over a lot of the other fucking dredges of society I see. You know, it's just like, granted, I there's there's compromises and stuff that I, I don't necessarily believe in making, but that doesn't mean that I can't be the the attempted gateway to maybe changing some of those mindsets or shifting some of those compromises circling back to what we were talking about in the beginning about taking shooters out for the first time and stuff. Right. Yeah. So being in a position where I'm able to do that and uh, learn, I just, man, uh, there's just so much to learn in that. I totally recommend uh, doing whatever you can to train to the best of your ability and uh, yeah, fuck, be open to other people and be, be good at being wrong. I don't know I'm not gonna pretend that I like really understand what humility is, but I-, I believe that we don't really choose when we're humbled, but I do think that humility is probably the uh, acceptance of your capabilities. Yeah. And the willingness to change perspective and learn more. Like I think a lot of people will mistake humility for being you know, self-deprecating. Where they're like oh yeah i'm so bad at this thing like when have you ever been in a situation with someone talking down about themselves that like hasn't been just uncomfortable or awkward you know yeah i hate that people are like oh i'm not good at this i'm not good at that and you're like okay well that just makes you sound like you're not good at it that's not i'm not going to mistake that for humility but i feel like there were so many people there just even going to that and seeing that mentality of like just people starving for knowledge who knew yep. what they were good at and made that better and were willing to learn more. I thought that was really fucking incredible.
0: Yeah. it. I, I find that, especially with the gun world, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a really, really real thing. And sometimes people need to be humbled, which everyone should want to get better. Well, God, fuck. BR, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to edit so many like us and random streams of thought. I don't know what's wrong with me today, but yeah, please, please remove this. Why do
1: I always get you on your podcast where you're like jacked up on pills or on your last brain cell?
0: (laughs) I mean, I generally only have one brain cell at any given point. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's usually just screaming, being stretched in every direction. But yeah, no dark sounds fucking amazing. It genuinely does. Uh, I've, I've been looking into getting out and doing some Orion training group CGP stuff, but like dark is another level that it, it sounds fascinating, and the, the things that you can learn, especially like the high stress situations and uh, operating under them. I, I remember some of the, the much more basic level stuff that I did, and you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. You fuck up. You fuck up a lot. It's very humbling but it's also a learning experience.
1: I feel like people get so hung up on like mistakes. Like I've gone to a few, like I've done a lot of like flat range shit, you know, just whatever VTAC barrier, SUTs and like vehicle maneuvering shit, like nothing crazy, but it was all flat range. But you get these people who they're there among peers who are equally learning and willing to learn. And they're still so fucking anxious. And I'm like, all right, If you've got this level of anxiety among friends, the fuck are you going to do in a real altercation? You're going to fall apart. Actually. Even people with training and calm still fucking fall apart. Like, I'm not going to pretend to be like, I've never taken a life. I don't know what that's like. I have enough people in my life that I know who have that I've been able to listen to and understand. Like, It's kind of wild. I feel like...
0: You know a disproportionate amount of people who've killed other people. (laughs)
1: It's kind of wild, but yeah. Um, I would put
0: a man in the ground for you. I would do it with a hammer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But it's...
0: A hammer right here.
1: (laughs) And you know, like someone said once at a course I was at, he's like, hey, no one ever, no one ever beat someone as as a mass shooter who was quickest to the draw. It was because they were smartest to it. So for some reason, people associate fast with good. And speed is power, but you can't. If you can't do it slow, how the fuck yeah. are you gonna do it fast? Yeah. You know, it's like you can't. You know, it's why people they'll, they'll generally what most NDS occur because someone re- reholstered their gun incorrectly. Like yeah. they try to shove it back in the holster, it catches clothes or something, and fucking you know shoots your butt cheek off or whatever.
0: Yeah, there, there's certain things you should be able to do fast. There's certain things that it's entirely Instagram theatrics. Yes, it's yeah. And reholstering super fast is is one of them, I think.
1: I mean it's there's things that are cool when it's trained and I won't disparage that. Like I think it's fucking oh, awesome. Humans are incredible. Like we're capable yeah. of incredible things. And like like we're talking about the AI shit. Like it doesn't matter what it is, humans will find a way to exploit every aspect of that and squeeze it into amazing things and you're like what the fuck i'm kind of excited to see where that goes
0: but well, there, there's a, a quote that uh i can't remember i think it was from the episode with uh ivan and uh psr which is technology knows no politics yes technology is not inherently exploitive in and of itself it's what people do with it
1: you know you'd think that and then uh, if you guys haven't had the chance to look up what was it like taybot and um uh, the other, anyway, basically every AI that's ever been online for any amount of time, they just blamed like, you know, 4chan apparently, but you know, they comb the internet and then they all end up, um, saying very, very quickly, politically incorrect things. And it gives me a giggle every time
0: <laughs> you
1: have it a you look up like Taybot and you're like, Oh, Oh wow. They're just like, they go, they go there for those who are listening. I, like,
0: I heard about that. You,
1: you know, there was, there was a, you know, they're right. like, oh, these people rule the world and this is happening. You're like, oh man, every time, huh? That's, that's fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> these people are crazy, but it's like, yeah, oh, I, I don't know. know. I think that what you're saying in that way, you know, technology doesn't really, it doesn't know any politics. It, it, it still is the result of people and people are inherently political and
0: uh, yeah.
1: we, yeah, we still, uh operate off patterns and i think technology and ai is very good at discerning patterns but on like yeah. a people level you know, you're just going to like whatever you're doing just slow the fuck down if anyone makes fun of you for like going slow to figure something out like fuck them shut fuck the fuck him. up Actually,
0: there god i keep on getting these ads for this ai chatbot called replica and they piss me, like it is peak ted kaczynski like The Industrial Revolution; its consequences have been disastrous for the human race. Every time I fucking see one, it's like you're lonely, you're tired. Download Replica; you can sext with. Fuck off! It's and
1: eat bugs, live in the pod,
0: live in the pod, live in the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Send you, I don't know, porn. Like some, some of the ads are like, oh, you can dress her, dress her risque. Like what the fuck? Touch grass. Please.
1: I mean, oh. uh, that being said, you know, uh, please uh, support Sauce Prime and uh, Pageosity and her endeavors of drawing elite tier anime titties, and yes. let come join me in exploiting the female form in all of its glory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's oh the word. There it is.
1: That's my plug, Pageosity. <laughs> Pejocity. please follow pagesse on instagram please buy stickers so I can afford bread okay thanks I, <laughs>
0: uh, oh my god
1: are the uh, I think my most recent um yeah. my my best seller recently was just the ATF is poopoo shirt
0: <laughs> I enjoyed that I, I I enjoyed that quite a bit I, I might uh I, I should do a little order I have a problem where I get too many t-shirts like you usually when I do work for a company, they'll send me a t-shirt and, and at first I was like, fuck yes, this is the coolest thing. I have all my artwork and shirts. And now I'm like, I have an entire dresser full of shirts. I have a problem. I will, I wear like five shirts at any, any given time. I just cycle through them and wash them. Um, and it's like, I, I don't want to get rid of these because you know, there's, are they're made by friends or people that I like. And you know, it's inherently personal. They send me a shirt or, you know, and now i'm getting to the point where it's like no I, I do not have room to move with this i do not have room to do anything i need to start getting rid of things
1: life pro tip if you have a t-shirt you really fucking love and you can't let it go uh cut out the design and frame it that's Second, a good idea
0: you can for even, anyone like, listening to a uh fold it into a square if you wanted
1: to. Yeah, no, you can totally do that. And for anyone else listening me like, Oh, I got all this shit. And I need to get rid of things. Yes, you do. Uh, Jackson, I have a rule. Whereas like anytime we get something new, we have to get rid of something old. So yeah, I like that. it basically, you know, just kind of changes the mental trajectory of like, Oh, you know, I'm going to buy this, you know, pair of shoes. And it's like, well, fuck, I already have a pair of tennis shoes. Like, is this, do I need this second pair of shoes? Like, is it better than what I have? And if like, at the end of the day, you're like, Oh my God, like I have to have these, like, whatever, don't rob yourself of that. But it also yeah. comes down to if you're just getting more shit, like you get these girls who have 20 pairs of fucking black heels and you're like they're you wear one pair, you know, or multiple dresses or shirts. You're so, like, I got all these band tees. It's like, well, if you're coming home with shirts, fucking get rid of one. And then it like, Changes the value of what you have. Like, is this new thing worth trading something else out? And yeah, uh, I like that. It's helpful. I think it's yeah. it's really been helpful for me in many ways. So that's that's my uh, unsolicited improve your life advice from Paige. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I like that. Also, you know, go and buy. Stickers and T-shirts from Paige.
1: Yay! Yeah. No, yeah. really, for anyone like has taken the time to listen to um, my effectively useless ramblings, uh, I hope yeah. that it provided at least okay background noise. And uh, you know, thanks. Yes, I hope
0: your jog is going very well. I hope your commute to work is nice.
1: I hope your rigorous masturbate Oh wait, no, I'm just kidding. We all know you're here.
0: To- the, the <laughs> we all know you're idea, here to uh,
1: fab to Nathan.
0: Oh, hundred percent. That's what no, they do. Like,
1: oh, they're, oh, Nathan's, what yeah. someone, I bet someone, someone's fapped to your voice. I bet. Oh God. You know God. someone has. You know I it's hate like,
0: it.
1: it's like a screen cap of this post on Reddit. It's like, man, like no one's ever masturbated to me before. Like someone clipped. It's like it's cool, man. I I uh, I rubbed one out for I, I
0: know it. that now. You said that too. Someone's going to send me a a, a picture of like a rag full of cum with this playing in the background. You know. I shouldn't have said that. But not, but I guarantee it. It's Why like you going to a
1: rag? Who's going to send you a rag full of cum?
0: Dude, I... I, I well, not... Like, send a picture what? of it. Send me the rag. Hey, when now, I was... we talked about it, it's going to be real.
1: When I was soliciting dick pics, like, ironically, I got pictures of Dick Cheney and, like, a whole bunch of other fucking, like, Richard jokes. I didn't get a single yeah. peen, and I was... I wasn't let down by that. I was pleasantly yeah, no, surprised. I'm like, this is wholesome.
0: Yeah. Okay. That, that's good. I, I feel like most of the listeners are very wholesome people. That being said, and I find this fucking hilarious, please keep doing it. I said very, uh, Lucas Garrett, uh, Heartline on Instagram, he uh, he, said, he he said outed himself last time and said who he was, and I told people to send him foot pictures, and he's been nothing he, he has been getting so many feet pics. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> there's one, it was just a foot going through a slice of bread.
1: <laughs> I just, the creativity people, I'll say this. Never yeah. underestimate, like, I, fetish irony is hilarious. Like, never underestimate the power of fucking fetishists and the things that they fucking do. Like, oh, 100%. There's this website, I'll have to. I, I remember it from. It was like called House of Gourd or something. I'll have to send you the link. It's this crazy website. It's been around forever, and it's this guy who makes these insane BDSM contraptions. And I was just like, "This is what the fuck." And the then House you,
0: of Gord? like Gordon?
1: Yeah, House of Gourd, like a gourd, like a fucking squash.
0: Oh, I thought it was like no like Gordon. Like, I, mean, I think I don't
1: stuff. even know. I'm so sorry if this is. I, someone's gonna look at that and be like what the fuck listen it was cast on to me and anyway it's it's an adventure um if it even still exists i haven't looked at it in years but it was just something to ah. be like what the fuck is this are you still like furries and you're like damn like these furries going real fucking hard on the shit that they make it's yeah. really impressive
0: <laughs> I, I remember when i was starting out doing art full-time a friend of mine sent me a message being like yo do furry stuff they pay so good, um, like you. And then uh, I, I, you know, I told him no unequivocally, and he replied with a bunch of pictures of rates that furry artists were doing commissions for. And holy fuck, fetishes pay well.
1: Um. Also, first a- of all, and I stand by this, and I don't know like when it's ever going to really be relevant. But like a bunch of the furry community, man, they're they're some of the most staunch fucking two a people i've ever seen like there's huge of, fucking two-way way furry communities what's that
0: there's a huge weird weirdly huge subset of that i yeah.
1: respect it yeah no like a bunch of fucking like freedom fur fighters crazy sh- i'm like what the fuck i'm like that's yeah. what's gonna happen we're gonna be in some fucking battle and it's gonna be like general Yi and fucking Nicki minaj and fucking the furry force and it's gonna that's gonna be like the final frontier that's what's gonna be left
0: be really like the end of Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> Christ. But uh, yeah, no, it, I, I never ended up taking any of those commissions. Fuck that. But that being said, uh, I, do you still take commissions?
1: My commissions are still currently closed. Um, yeah. So I had a small opening for my little big brain campaign I did uh, where I yeah. put some commissions out um but uh that being said i'll probably open other slots periodically yeah. mostly through like my patreon or discord yeah. um so if you, you give me go. a whole ass american dollar you get to see some uncensored titties if you want i always mark that they're uncensored <laughs> first um not of mine Drawing. but of my artwork sorry to, if yeah. that disappoints any of you um, yes. but you'll be able to have access to that and then i'll probably do some commission slots but i'm still I'm still working through so much stuff. And then I have like, the big reason I closed commissions was because I have other like, uh, uh, other like company work and stuff that I'm going to be doing. And it's just going to take so much time. I don't feel like it'd be fair to make people just wait like two fucking years for things.
0: I feel that. I feel that so hard. That being said, um, I I will get like one really big burst of commissions that I'll work on pretty hard. And then, you know, I'll I'll eventually get caught up. And this is kind of where I am now. I'm finally getting caught up um i'm I'm kind of lucky to be in a place where i've never really had to advertise for it people just kind of come to me but yeah i i guess if people want things drawn i will not do furry porn but uh i might i'll do more yeah i will i have no fucking shame yeah whatever uh, you
1: fucking you want your you want your orca fursona and that fucking
0: how do you know it was an orca yeah (laughs)
1: Being on 4chan and not really like, you know, you hear terms furries and you're like, okay, like fur, like they have to have fur. And then there's like a whole like lizard people and like porpoise room and you're like. What are
0: they called? Scales? I I don't know. I don't know.
1: It sounds like you know more than I do. You fucking, you're just like don't, I don't
0: like knowing things about the internet. Every every time it, you know, scares and confuses me.
1: It just gives you fuel. It's okay. Because at the end of the day, you know, people are like, oh my God, you've drawn furries? I'll be like, I'm an artist.
0: I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Please (laughs) be patient. I have autism.
1: (laughs) Artistic and autistic are only one letter (laughs) away.
0: Oh, Christ. Anyways, it is uh, getting close to 1 a.m. here, so I'm probably going to let you go Go to bed, you
1: fucking schizo.
0: Yes. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we will co-host together.
1: Yes. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to doing some more stuff with you here and, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. so I'm kind of out of it tonight. I, I don't know what it is. he
1: said the last couple times I've talked to you, it was like you were high on pain meds after your fucking injury. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that was with you know, the
1: Delta Magna one.
0: Yeah, I that was when I fucked my <laughs> Rotator cuffs up and I was on this like industrial anti-inflammatory. I hate taking meds. Like I, I really hate it. I will barely take a Tylenol if I have a headache. But and I, I think because of that, I have a very low tolerance to things. So I was on some like industrial anti-inflammatory like pain meds, and it just had me out. And today, I, d- I don't know. It just is.
1: Well, meds are the devil. Go get some sleep. Yeah. And yeah. thanks for you everyone a... for listening to us for
0: <laughs> just fucking rant about. Yeah, we, fucking,
1: we had no. We had goals going into this. I'm just gonna blame you for falling off the rails, but.
0: You know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you- Spectre today and those things are kind of dope like i, I understand why they're memed so hard but you know,
1: they're, they're really hard. it's okay we love you for it we love you for it nathan and um for anyone listening to at some point we're gonna drop those ted kaczynski fucking stickers it's gonna happen oh, we need
0: to we need to we should do another one of those streams at some point that, absolutely
1: cool. absolutely Lily. we will so yeah. we'll get together we, drawing we
0: just with- uh, stream a little while ago where we just drew art live like it was oh
1: fun. it was real silly we were just being some real silly gooses yeah. All right. Well, we'll get back to that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Final thing before you go. Uh, some mom advice. Go ahead.
1: Mom advice. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I think I dropped some pretty shit earlier, but uh, yeah, know how to be wrong. Yes. Whoever's out there, know how to be wrong. You're listening to someone fucking talk to you. It might be something you already know. Uh, instead of using the phrase, I know, I know, I know use the phrase, you're right. And it does one of two things usually, it like, if not both, it like validates them, which is nice in a conversation. It feels good to be like heard. And secondly, it also opens the ground to be like, wow, this person isn't shutting me down. So I'm more likely to share more with them. And even if someone's uh, talking about something you already know, everyone we meet knows something that we don't. So it's good to listen and uh, sometimes get new information with that.
0: That's my advice. I like that. Okay. Okay, bye.